Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Players NIL Podcast. I have an interesting guest today, and I'm excited to welcome Tim Flynn in from Data, Data Molly, named after his wife. I love that name. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Tim, at the Players NIL, we're all about using athletics to better our lives and to better the lives of the people around us. And so the theme of our industry and our, our particular company is sports, athletes, experiences. So although we're going to talk about cybersecurity and the great company that you're building to help protect student athletes, it's my obligation to my audience to talk about sports and athletics. And those are two different words. So sports is the fandom part. You know, it's, you know, who did you go to the first game with? Who was your team? You were raised in New England. Perhaps you're a Red Sox fan. I don't know. But, you know, then athletics would be, did you participate? And if you didn't, that's fine. You could be a sports fan. And then how does that relationship with sports, you know, how did it get us to where we are today? So let's start off with the first question, and that is sports. Tell me about your childhood and your exposure to uh, sports. Well, I, I did grow up in Massachusetts, uh, so sports were very integral. Uh, it was a way for our family to get together, whether it was the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics. And at that time, the Patriots were not very good, but we still watched them. Uh, so it was just a way we just got together as a family. It was a talking point throughout the house who was, uh, you know, doing well, who was not doing well. And then you know, with my friends, I was, I was very fortunate to grow up in an area where there was a lot of kids the same age. So if we were not in school and we didn't have practice or we didn't have a game, we were all getting together playing some sort of uh, outdoor uh, activity, whether it's, you know, wiffle ball, street hockey, soccer, football, we were, we were doing some sort of athletic activity. Stitches and broken bones come with that? Uh, a few, a few. You know, there were some older kids that that uh, you know loved uh, uh, loved to take out their aggression on some of the the younger guys. So it was, love that, love that. It was all fun now. Right? Did you ever participate scholastically? Were you ever were you ever an athlete? Um, I, I did up until uh, you know as a kid and up until uh, through high school, and and that's where I peaked. You know, I, I was still waiting for. Uh, that growth spurt uh, to make me 6'6", 250, but uh, never happened. So I, I realized I need to focus on other areas. You and me both, brother. You and me both. So. <laughs> but you're a sports fan, right? You still follow sports today? Who are uh, yeah, your teams? I, I'm still a Boston sports fan. Uh, I think my, my family thinks that I was the jinx because I left. I, I moved out of New England and now everybody's winning, so, um, uh, you know, but still a, a diehard uh, Boston sports fan. I had this conversation with someone recently, and I said, you know, today's youth generation, they don't know losing. They know, All they know is winning in Boston. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine, his his kids, you know, with the parade, you know, the Red Sox had that streak, uh, obviously the Patriots, and, and like, do we have a parade every year? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I, they don't remember 86 or, or 85 <laughs> with the bears. Uh, so, yeah, cool. So you're, you're a passionate sports fan. You're participated. You've had a great career in technology in terms of cybersecurity. That's what we want to talk about today. So tell us a little bit about how data Molly came about and tell us what you do. 
Uh, yes. So I've been in the technology industry for about 25 years. Uh, and I've held a variety of roles from technical to uh, leadership um, <clears throat> uh, in consulting. And when I started my my own company, uh, I really wanted to focus on industries that were underserved, traditionally underserved, uh, to help them better understand technology risks and how it can negatively impact their business. Uh, so, you know, when, you know, the NIL industry uh, came about, started doing some some research on it, you know, traditionally from a fan perspective, but I, I saw some glaring gaps that I wanted to help, you know, be an advocate for and bring attention to. Tell me about cybersecurity. What does it mean? I think we hear people talk about it, mostly in the government, you know, around the election and all those type of things, but to the average everyday person and specifically to student athletes, we'll get into that. But tell me what cybersecurity means to you. Cybersecurity is how you protect, you know, yourself as an individual um, while using any online platform. Uh, you know, technology has advanced where we're using, you know, platforms, whether it be, uh, you know, to connect with friends in different parts of the country or, you know, order groceries, order food, transportation. So technology has evolved into every aspect of our daily life. With cybersecurity, it's protecting yourself so you're not exposed uh, to malicious activity uh, that could, you know, provide a, very, a variety of ways of, of uh, negative impact to yourself, uh, you know, individually and financially. So we're upgrading the internet here in my community and what's the difference between a secure network and an unsecure network? Well, a secure network has, um, and, you know, has certain parameters to protect the traffic that goes through that network. Unsecure provides easier access to threat actors. So it's easier for them to infiltrate um, and attack the users that are using that network. Okay. But in addition, just because something is secure, um, that's, you know, one of the big messages I have to my customers, you have to protect yourself and have your own security posture. You can't rely on third parties. Got it. So through the first 18, 19 months of name, image, and likeness, NIL, it's become, uh, the dominant transaction between student athlete and brand has been the use of social media. So we, you know, I, I laugh about this, but, you know, the Kardashians changed the world, whether we like it or not. Influencers are a big part of commerce, marketing, brand development, and all of the things that biz, big businesses are trying to connect with audiences. Student athletes now are becoming influencers fast and furious. Why are student athletes in particular vulnerable? Um, and there, there are several reasons. And just in general, uh, cyber attacks have expanded where traditionally they were attacking companies directly. Uh, you know, the big brands, the big industries, uh, they're still doing that. But what they're doing is realizing that the individual in the consumer end provides one, a larger target or victim path. Um, also, it's allowing them to, you know, within that larger uh, target pool, there's most likely a subset that is not uh, following, you know, the appropriate security protocols. Um, it's very easy for them to expose those individuals. If you look at TikTok, which is 
uh, a tool that a lot of athletes use, uh, you know, depending on what, what information uh, you read, there's about 80 million um, daily uh, users in, in the U.S. alone. 60% of those users are between 16 and 24. So how many of those users do you think are have, you know, thinking about security when they're on those platforms? Uh, so those platforms, whether it's, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, those provide one, a larger uh, target audience for those cyber criminals. And also they realize within that audience, there's going to be a large portion of them that they can expose because they're not implementing um, the appropriate security procedures. I saw recently that I think it was the University of Texas in Austin banned TikTok access through their server. So I, I guess that just means the kids are going to use their cell phones without connected to the server. But You know, just add, because this is something to keep on the radar. Um, there is a lot of uh, talk specifically about TikTok because it's Chinese owned. And because of that, the Chinese government can access that data at any point. So uh, a lot of state uh, entities, government entities are banning it on, you know, those devices. Interesting. Okay, so we've got, we know what cybersecurity is. We know why influencers are vulnerable because they're not protecting themselves. But what does vulnerable mean? What is the risk? Why, why, why should a student athlete care about this? There's a variety uh, of reasons, and I'll just add to, to a point on on you know, with some of these social platforms, you would believe that with the popularity and the use of these platforms, that the owners would take an approach of being more secure. Unfortunately, they've taken a step back and they've chosen to be you, you know, uh, you know money driven versus security driven. Uh, so there, you know, Twitter has already implemented it uh, where you can pay a low fee, subscription fee, $8.99 or $10.99, and you get a validated account. How that impacts the athlete, uh, you know, for $8.99, $10.99, I can be validated as LeBron James, um, which there was an increase in account spoofing. Um, so the security procedures in with these platforms are reducing. So it's, it's putting more exposure and, and Meta is going to be implementing the same subscription. Uh, so what this does, it provides the athlete a variety of ways that they can be impacted. One spoofing has increased. So, you know, for the higher profile athletes, they're more susceptible to someone spoofing their account. Someone did it with Arch Manning recently where they spoofed his LinkedIn account, posted, made some posts. They asked him about it. He said, I've never even heard of LinkedIn. So the higher profile athletes are going to have to worry about being spoofed that, you know, people are going to, you know, use it to um, entice victims leveraging their, their brand. Uh, but your traditional student athletes are still impacted because the spoofing expands to people are, you know, sponsors, uh, coaches, uh, university officials, everybody is susceptible to spoofing. And if they have an understanding through certain breaches, 
that you're particular to a certain brand, a certain company, a certain restaurant. They'll use that information to create what they call spear phishing attacks that are specific to you. So the more vulnerable you are, the more your credentials have been exposed, the more information they have on you, especially when they can just look at your Instagram account, your Facebook account, and get an understanding of who you are as a person, where you like to hang out, what your uh, preferred brands are, and they can really build a specific targeted uh, cyber attack specific to you. So to define spoofing, it's uh, the, the creation of an unauthorized duplicate account. It's impersonation. That, it, it's a fancy right. technical word for impersonation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I get it, you know, and... Um, uh, you know, so much of an athlete's brand is out there in the public these days and social. So, you know, we don't want someone saying things that we're not authorized. We don't want someone representing us that isn't representative of us uh, or authorized to be our representative. And, and, you know, the cleanup part of that and the, the, you know, the, the, the pullback on that I'm sure is difficult because uh, you know, there probably are some, athletes unfortunately that have claimed to have been spoofed that may not have been they just you know nothing good happens after midnight kind of thing right yep. so uh, but the average athlete who we deal with you know is vulnerable from spoofing it could be towards fans right it could be towards their coaches it could be towards the opponent right i know coaches are really afraid of athletes stirring up trouble and creating what we used to call bulletin board material, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the automation and the tool sets that these cyber criminals have, everybody's susceptible. So, you know, the mindset of, you know, the athlete's not high profile, they're not in one of the money generating sports, that there's additional risks there, but the average student athlete has just as much risk as, as anybody else. Okay. All right. So in Hollywood, they call it the money shot. This is, you know, where the, the, the biggest part of the movie gets shot. What can they do? This is where data Molly comes in. I'm a student athlete with X number of followers. I want to protect myself. What can I do? Uh, the, the first thing is basic. Be aware. Uh, it's surprising that a majority of people are just not aware that these risks are out there. And unfortunately, they find out after they've been victimized and their accounts have been scrubbed. They go to their bank account and there's no money in it because they had, they, they've they been a victim of a cyber attack. They weren't paying attention. And that's how they find out. So first and foremost, be aware, because if you're aware, you're going to take that mindset that I am at risk and you're going to start to automatically you know, implement some, you know, um, security procedures just by human nature, um, just by being aware. Uh, secondly, have the conversation with, if you're working with a mentor, an organization, have the cybersecurity conversation because uh, you can have, you know, a business, a brand without brand security. So have the conversation, have the discussion, uh, put a plan together. There's numerous free tools and low cost tools that you can put together a, um, a security posture that will help reduce your exposure. Uh, there's very affordable solutions. The, the benefit with the increase 
in cyber attacks that there are solutions that are geared towards the individual at a very uh, relatively low cost. So there's there's really no um, no reason uh, to to not have a security um, procedure implemented into your brand strategy. How does that work? What in practical terms? I'm I'm a user of social media. I employ one of these programs, Data Molly. Um, I pay a monthly fee, but how do I? How does it interact with my phone? How does it interact with my social media accounts? So there's a variety of ways that it's going to help you. The first, it's going to proactively monitor breaches. Uh, so that's the first line of defense is being aware in near real time when there is a breach so that one, you can understand if your credentials were potentially exposed and you can react because having your username is one thing, having your username and password is a completely different uh, risk. So it's gonna make you aware real time where the breaches are. Uh, in addition, you're gonna have certain um, uh, proactive uh, tools that you'll know when you uh, go on a website that it's a legit website. It's not a spoofing website. Uh, it'll proactively block emails that are spoofing emails. Uh, we're seeing a significant increase in, you know, especially in the athletic world of, you know, people spoofing sponsors, spoofing coaches, admin, things of that nature. So it eliminates the spoofing so you can assure when you're opening an email, it's from a trusted source. It's also scanning any attachments to make sure that it's not loaded with a, a virus or ransomware. So you're really proact uh, proactively uh, protecting your system, uh, proactively protecting your credentials so that you have a secure security posture. Uh, on your day-to-day. -day. Great. I love that answer. Okay, we're down to the to the last minute or so here. So I need three sound bites. Tell me what my takeaways are from this conversation. And if you had a chance to speak to my audience directly, what would you tell them, whether that, you know, what is an action item, something to be aware of, some of the simple things they can do to protect themselves? Give me some sound bites, Tim. Don't be a victim first. Don't, don't be a victim. Uh, be aware and accept the fact that cyber attacks are part of having any sort of uh, presence on online. Uh, so take the necessary steps, be aware, assume that eventually you're going to be impacted. Um, just reduce that exposure. Second, have the conversation, talk about it, incorporate it into your brand strategy. I can't tell you how important that is. Um, there's a big disconnect in the industry right now um, that's really putting the athlete, there's exposure there. So have the conversation. There's a variety of ways that you can help yourself and minimize that exposure. And then last but not least, cybersecurity doesn't have to be expensive. There's a variety of free tools um, and affordable solutions to help really minimize your risk. Great. If people want to learn more about your company, where can they find you? What's your website? What's your handles? I assume you have social media handles. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I do not. And that's, okay. yes. Um, I, my website is www.datamolly.com. You can reach me at Tim at datamolly.com. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've strategically chosen um, not uh, to be on Twitter or uh uh, Facebook or any of the others. Okay. Guess that's a message right there. <laughs> well, look, 
it's, it's, it's a fascinating aspect. One that I'm not up to speed with, I guess I'm of a generation that we never really grew up with this, but I understand the importance. And that's why I had John as a guest today. Cause I think our audience needs to understand that these are risks and that there are options out there to protect themselves. You've been a great guest. I wish you nothing but success with your business. And I thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. I really appreciate it.